This podcast is brought to you by the Prince Mahadon Award Conference in collaboration with the Swedish Institute for Global Health Transformation, FHI 360, the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the British Medical Journal, USAID, and Jonathan Foster of Foster Media. We must admit that we do not have the situation under control. I wanted to act as if the house was on fire. Because it is. Welcome to The World We Want, Youth Voices on Climate and Health. My name is Jonathan Foster. And on this podcast, I speak to youth leaders and activists, not only about the reality of our current environmental and health crisis, but also about the possibilities, alternatives and ideas for transformation and for change. We find out what youth activists are doing and we find out what you could do to help build the world we want. We must stop playing with words and numbers because we no longer have time. In our last episode, with the brilliant and inspiring Maximo Masoko from Argentina, we heard about engaging in local community issues, creating compassionate collaborations across the globe. We heard about some underlying values and principles and how they're driving us off a cliff and how youth activists are trying to grab the steering wheel, apply the brakes and steer us away from climate catastrophe. In this episode, we're heading to the Pacific and to Fiji to speak to climate activist Komal Kumar. She's the Pacific Island representative of the Sustainable Ocean Alliance, as well as a member of the youth-led network called the Alliance for Future Generations. So, let's begin in the usual way by considering a kind of thought experiment. Let me put it this way. When Europeans first stumbled into Polynesia, they could not understand how the people navigated the 160 million square kilometres of open ocean. How did they find those tiny, life-supporting islands? Now, the Polynesians didn't use a sextant, they didn't use a compass. To the European mindset, Polynesians appeared to have nothing. What the Europeans didn't realise is that the Polynesians had everything. For the Pacific Islanders, navigation wasn't about a technology that you held in your hand, it was a relationship. The Polynesian navigators developed a deep understanding of the natural elements in which they lived the sky above them with its sun and moon and stars and planets, the oceans below the boats with its currents and swells and waves. They watched clouds and birds, the fish. They knew about seasonal weather patterns, changing light and the changing colour of the ever-fluctuating ocean. Reading the world about them, they created a mental map of pathways from island to island. The Polynesians navigated from inside the world looking out. The Europeans from outside the world looking in. 
Now, if Europeans had come with an open mind and realized that indigenous knowledge was generated through a completely different worldview, they would have learnt two vital lessons. They would have learnt a different way of navigating, but they also would have learnt to relate to the world through a different set of underlying values and principles. They could have developed a new world view, but they didn't. They dismissed the Polynesian worldview and they got on with the things they already understood. Now today, as we find ourselves deeper into the environmental and health crisis, it's time to have an open mind. It's time to privilege a wider range of values and principles. And this is exactly what youth activists are trying to do. With an open mind, they're trying to navigate from a world in peril to a world in balance. When Kamal Kumar was young, she lived a good life on a beautiful island. She went to a nice school, and then another, and then to university. And there, she became interested in the climate emergency. Then, suddenly, in 2016, Cyclone Winston changed everything. Kamal wasn't just learning about climate breakdown, she was living through it. Cyclone Winston was the biggest storm ever recorded in the Southern Hemisphere. It wiped out 30% of Fiji's GDP and left 131,000 people homeless. Extreme weather and rising sea levels are often described as major obstacles to Fiji's development and economy, but they are also devastating to Fiji's cultural patterns and traditional knowledge. Kamal needed to get involved. She needed to put herself in the climate fight. She joined the Alliance for Future Generations in Fiji and worked to encourage other young Fijians to get involved, to educate themselves and to take action. Kamal emphasises the importance of a grassroots approach where everyone is involved. Because youth climate activism is all about inclusivity and leaving no one behind. It's about resilience and offering tools. From a bachelor's in public health, she studied for a master's in development studies. In fact, you know, it's best if we just hear from Kamal herself. So I've actually just studied here in Fiji in terms of high school and then university as well. And for university, I did my undergraduate from the Fiji National University and I did my bachelor's in public health from there. And then um, I started with my postgraduate studies with the University of South Pacific in um development studies and from there my interest in climate change really started and that's what sort of motivated me to pursue my master's so yeah just the writer part that's left and I have been procrastinating a little this past few months but uh, planning to finish it this year fingers crossed ah procrastination I have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) Uh, what are you doing now in your climate activism So I'm actually part of the Sustainable Ocean Alliance as the Pacific Island representative. And uh, the whole focus is ocean health and sustainability. And uh, we've been active for the past two years. So last year we did a workshop on blue carbon, blue carbon concepts in the Pacific. What does it actually mean? How can young people be engaged in that? So let me just hop in here for a second. Kamal just mentioned blue carbon, and I should have asked her to explain what this is. 
but I didn't. So let me cover my tracks by explaining. Blue carbon just means carbon captured by the world's ocean and coastal ecosystems. It's a natural climate solution where natural coastal systems like kelp forests or seagrasses or mangroves and salt marshes and coral reefs, they all absorb carbon and do so for millions and millions of years. When these coastal environments are damaged, an enormous amount of carbon is emitted back into the atmosphere. So protecting and restoring coastal habitats in the Pacific and all around the world should be prioritized. However, natural climate solutions get just 2% of the money used to tackle climate breakdown. So that's why Komal wants you to get involved and make a difference because everything you do counts and everything you don't do counts too. Okay. Here's Kumal Kumar again. So not just talking about oceans as a small agenda in the climate change discussions, but trying to give it a whole new visibility and uh, allowing young people to see it from a different perspective. Uh, you know, the different thematic areas surrounding oceans. So, so that and uh, uh, with that, I'm also part of the Alliance for Future Generations, Fiji as well. And uh, and right now I'm trying to focus more on, um, uh, you know, being able to walk behind the scenes in terms of setting up uh, the, the different policies that are needed for an organization to be, you know, fully established and set up. So, so that, and the Alliance Network is also, we're very active around the different sustainable development goals that are out there and climate change and oceans is of course uh, a, a big part of that as well. When you talk about the vast, immense oceans on the planet, um, I find it, I understand the difficulty on a psychological level to feel that you can really make a difference. Like in our lives, we have a field of influence, right? An immediate effect over those people around us. But we also have a field of concern like the oceans. And it feels like our ideas and actions are either too big or too small um, no action or no idea is too big or too small because sometimes every small step that you take, it, it leads to a whole bigger picture. So, so uh, you as a young person, if you have a, if, even if you have the smallest of idea or, or, or something that you just really want to say it out to, to a leader or, or maybe you see something that's happening within your community, within your society, that's negatively impacting the environment and you, you feel like you really should say something or you really should stand up for it even though but then you're worried that what if I'm the only one who's going to stand up or I'll be the only one pointing it out and I'll just be looked down upon but you know not to think of it from that perspective but just being able to make make the decision for yourself that you know uh, what's happening around me is wrong and I do need to stand up for it whether or not I have a huge crowd backing me up or not. So, so just, just being able to, you know, stand up with that notion and you never know, you'll be able to influence others around you and, you know, change their mindset as well. So, so this is something that, that I always feel that, you know, we should tell the young people, um, you know, especially those who are in primary schools or high school at the moment and, 
are trying to fit in fit into this whole discussion around maybe climate change, climate change and health, any 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 discussion that's going around and they feel that how do I fit into this? So it's just a matter of um, reading, reading up, getting to know more about what you really want to focus on, just being able to observe what's happening around you and seeing how you are able to fit in or how your small actions, through your small actions rather, how you can you know, create a bigger influence or create a, a positive change around you. So as a potential youth activist, uh, you should take responsibility within your local community by educating yourself on the climate catastrophe and the health crisis and local community issues. And this will result in influencing others to create a positive change, which is wonderful. Uh, my question is, will people in power pay attention and listen to youth? What can they do to be taken more seriously? Is that the right word? Well, one thing that I always talk about is that for young people to be, you know, more bold and more vocal when it comes to taking a stance. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of conversations that are going on and uh, events such as COP26, they said that they wanted to be youth inclusive. So a whole lot of young people were involved in different, you know, like putting youths forward or making young people the face of several panel discussions or, um, or events and workshops. But then, you know, usually many a times after such events are over, people always, uh, the leaders rather, they always forget about the young people. They say that, oh, yeah, we engaged young people in our events and we have met one of the criteria. We've ticked the box and youths feel involved and now we can make our policies, make our decisions and we'll do this. But I, um, I feel that uh, I think for young people to be taken more seriously and to be more engaged, they need to be more vocal and uh, sort of more bold with the actions that they're taking and the message that want to get across. and that you really want the, the leaders to adopt or to recognize. What you're saying here reminds me of something that Nathan said in the first episode of this series. He said he was listened to but not actually heard and that with some marginalized groups um, being invited to participate in various conferences and so forth, there was an element of tokenism in his mind. Is this, what, what do you think? I, I do agree with, with the points that you have mentioned, like, you know, uh, but, you know, very much similar to how young people are engaged at the uh, events for visibility and for, you know, for, for many, um, I would say, bigger, bigger international organizations in matter of fulfilling a criteria that leaders are present at the table. So we need a young person or we need a global South speaker or a a female from Global South to talk about something or indigenous people from South America or, you know, but then what really happens after that? Because, you know, an event happens, the young people or these indigenous people, they, they get some media attention and they talked about in the news for a bit, but then the leaders or the decision makers or the policy makers who are actually present in that room at the end of the event, they just walk out and they continue to do their own thing. You know, they don't go back and think that, oh yeah, I remember meeting this person and this person talked about 
uh, climate change from an indigenous perspective or shared some of their not their traditional knowledge or their traditional perspectives. So, you know, if only um, policymakers and leaders are able to see things from a different light as well and be able to fully engage, you know, indigenous and young people and uh, sharing of ideas and uh, views, like, like we say, you know, here in the Pacific, sort of doing a Talanoa about it, you know, where um, no matter how big or small you are, but you, you are able to sit around, have a safe space and talk about anything and everything that's on your mind and, you know, hear what others have to say and add on to that as well. So, yeah. Let me hop in here again. Kumal mentioned a Talanoa. This is a Pacific Island form of dialogue, a way of breaking through differences. In Fiji, Talanoa means to hold a conversation in an inclusive, mutually respectful and receptive space with the general aim towards reconciliation, but without any predetermined expectations for agreement. It's a traditional method of conflict resolution and solving differences from the Pacific. Youth activists from Fiji want conferences like COP26 to be more like a Telenoa, where there is a fairer balance of power and respect for alternative views. So Kamal, is there anything you would like to say to listeners from around the world about activism from a climate change perspective, something you haven't already said? Well, from from a climate change perspective, um, one thing that I would like to say is that maybe you are listening in from a part of the world where you're not really directly feeling the impacts of climate change right now, or it's something that you you see being talked about but you can't really relate to i would say for example if you read about what's happening here in the pacific or what's happening um in the small island developing states the, the more you read about it the more you'll be able to connect and be able to realize that you know there's one half of the world that are really feeling the impacts of climate change right now they are losing their homes they're losing their lives um they're losing out on their livelihoods while the other half of the world, they are much more developed. They have the resources, they have everything. And they know for sure that they are not feeling the direct impacts of climate change right now. So, you know, just, just to be able to keep an open mind and see what's really happening around the world and being able to use that as a learning experience for yourself so that you're, you're able to make more informed decisions and be able to be more active within the different networks that are out there and see how you as an individual can can contribute to that and create these waves of change. Maybe even if you're not feeling the impacts of climate change right now, it's something that you will face. So how do you, you know, take uh, sort of take that responsibility and how do you try and uh, create create some changes that can minimize or reduce the impacts of climate change in the near future, if not now? So thank you so much, Kamal, for taking the time to speak to me and uh, for your dedication and for your message to others to keep an open mind, to educate themselves on local and global issues 
and to take responsibility for this beautiful planet that we have and the natural world around us. Um, who knows? Eventually, we may end up with the world we want. <laughs> <laughs> That, that does sound great and the last podcast was really really amazing um I, I must say it was fantastic and it was also great learning about the work that other young people are doing as well so you know just being able to relate to it yeah well thanks very much um take care thank you so much take care so there you go another wonderful youth activist here on the world we want sharing their views on climate and health and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on next month's episode. And if you like the podcast, please share it on your social networks. Because as you know, everything we do today shapes tomorrow. So why not start by sharing? Thanks for listening. We must stop playing with words and numbers because we no longer have time.